could you stand this morning and, and give God some praise as Pastor Israel comes to give us week two of the elephant in the room. Could you clap your hands to Jesus this morning? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, since you're standing, would you go with me to the book of Luke? The book of Luke, and then we'll say some words. The book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. And some of you already know what that passage entails. But uh, we're still going to read it anyways. Luke, chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. And it reads like this. It's the parable of the lost coin. And it reads, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. Rejoice. Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I read it again. Verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And Lord, we just come before you this morning. We ask you, we thank you, God, for this wonderful weather. We thank you for the cool weather, Lord. We ask you that you be with us. Give us the words to speak this morning, God, as we... Uh, God, share week two of this series that you've uh, just opened doors for us to, to, to give, Lord, and to share this morning. And I pray that our hearts would be ready to receive. In your name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. And uh, Pastor John already said thank you. And I want to also say thank you. Uh, on the video, they kept us really short. So I was like, well, I had more to say, but... <laughs> Um, no, we were so grateful. Honestly, we got home and it was just like, did that just happen? You know, uh, just your love, your, your generosity, just accepting us. Um, and for some of you, we're not homegrown, uh, but you guys adopted us and you've given us a space to work. And that means everything uh, as, 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 a, as a husband, as the, the man of the house, but also for you guys to uh, separately honor my wife and Zoe, man, that, that, that means everything to me. Uh, it's something I, I won't forget. So I'm indebted to you all for that. So I appreciate uh, the love and the support. You guys are awesome, and I'm blessed to be here. Amen. All right, how many of you are ready for week two? <laughs> Y'all needed some more caffeine this morning, I see. Week two of the elephant in the room. And so we, last week we talked about the spiritual warfare and, and how it is a real thing that we face, but we also were reminded that it has been conquered, amen? And how while we are yet in this flesh, in this world, there are some things we can do to make sure we don't fall into the pit of lies the enemy daily tries to attack us with. So even though it's been conquered, there's something that we can do as well uh, to make sure we, we stay on, the tr on, on track. And so I have the honor of sharing part two with you all today. And we just say, Lord, have your way with your people and, and as, as, as we spend some time together in your word. And so uh, before we begin, how many of you all here uh, grew up singing hymns? All right. Okay, okay, quite a bit of you. When I was younger, uh, raw moment, I didn't care too much about hymns. Wait, hold on, hold the hate. When I was younger, I didn't care too much about hymns. 
Uh, maybe because the beat wasn't, you know, the, maybe the melody line or maybe even the music itself wasn't my cup of tea. It just wasn't. I, wasn't, I didn't see myself bobbing my head to hymns. I just, just couldn't. Especially if it was a one in three church instead of a two in four. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then you're the, you're the problem. <laughs> but as I got older... As I got older, I would read the lyrics of some of those hymns. And I quickly realized, man, they weren't playing around. They weren't playing around with those hymns. They wrote exactly how they felt, right? How they saw themselves and how they saw God. There are, I'll say it this way, there are no truer lyrics than those you find in those hymns. I mean, you read those, you're like, gosh. Now we kind of sugarcoat it and we give it a nice melody line so it sounds good. But they were straight to the black and white. And, and so I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like I know all the hymns or especially the titles of those hymns because I don't. But I came across this illustration and this illustration has the titles of some hymns and maybe some that you might recognize or maybe some that you won't. But let me ask one more question and then we'll tie it all together. Uh, how many of you all drive as if you're auditioning for the Fast and Furious Part 11? We got somebody that's honest in the house. Or, or maybe you know someone that thinks they're auditioning for Fast and the Furious Part 11. Anybody know somebody? You don't need to point fingers, but thank you for your honesty. <laughs> All right. So depending, stay with me, depending on the speed you like to drive will determine the title of the hymn of your life. So here we go. If you like to drive at 45 miles an hour, the title of your hymn is, God Will Take Care of You. If you like to drive at 65 miles an hour, your, the title of your hymn is, Nearer My God to Thee. <laughs> if you like to drive at 85 miles an hour, the title of your hymn is, This Road Is Not My Home. <laughs> if you like to drive at 95 miles an hour, the title of your hymn, your hymn is, Lord, I'm Coming Home. And for those daredevils, for those that like to drive at 100 miles an hour, the title of your hymn is Precious Memories. <laughs> Precious Memories. Okay, so I feel I need to break the ice with you all, get everybody in a good mood first, because what we're going to be talking about today will be heavy for some of you. Not all of you, but just some of you. Maybe the fact that you're here, maybe it's, 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 it's for you. In fact, I was remembering what the old preachers would say, and I'm going to borrow, borrow their saying this morning. They would say, I'm an equal opportunity offender, meaning I'm pretty sure that I'm going to offend everybody here this morning equally. Amen. Amen. Please, the excitement, keep it down. Not in a way, not in a way to harm you, okay? Not in a way to harm you or to shame you, but to hopefully bring light to some issues Reveal the hidden things with the help of the Holy Spirit. So our passage this morning was in Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. It's a powerful parable, right? The loss between the lost sheep parable and the parable we have come to know as the prodigal son. And right in the middle of those two, we find the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has ten 
silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So this morning, I want to use this passage, this story, this parable as our foundation of where we want to go today. Okay? The scriptures bring forth a revelation. And the scriptures have many applications. And so today we're going to give you an application of this passage. And our subject with you all this morning is full house, empty hearts. Full house, empty hearts. Because that's one of the elephants in the room, isn't it? We have full houses and yet we have empty hearts. Disclosure, this is not a bashing and shaming message. This is a reality check for some of us. For others, it's a reprioritizing reminder. And for others, it'll just be a revealing message. It is no surprise, though, to any of us that we live in a a materialistic-driven world, right? A fashion and trend-led world, a pursuit in what's next world, a I-have-to-have-it-to-be-accepted world. But not just a materialistic-driven world, but also a world that it's all about the chase. It's all about the chase, our chase for the fame and fortune are ever present, even more now that you can become famous by posting videos and creating content from the comfort of your own home. The fame game has changed completely, folks. The hunt for fortune continues at all times. It looks like, at times, looks like a mirage. You think you see the finish line, but it's just an illusion, isn't it? Maybe you do reach some milestones and maybe you do climb some corporate ladders, but it comes at a cost. And sometimes, hear me please, and sometimes what it ends up costing you is more than the check you were trying to cash. In the chase, sometimes it ends up costing you more than the check you were trying to cash. We have our homes beautifully and fully decorated, and yet we have broken, empty hearts. We have the things that make us feel and look successful, yet somehow in our hearts there is still a void that we cannot seem to fill. Thus, the chase begins and never ends. The chase is satisfaction versus fulfillment. The chase becomes a a battle between satisfaction and fulfillment because what we tend to focus on is feeling satisfied instead of being fulfilled. We tend to focus, all of us, is feeling satisfied having a moment of satisfaction instead of being fulfilled. We chase the things instead of the one. We chase the nine and neglect the one. We chase the status quo and forget the one. We chase the trends and turn a blind eye to the one. We're all out here trying to satisfy ourselves with the things we feel will bring us satisfaction. And the church says amen. (laughs) And in some strange way, after we feel satisfied, We do not feel fulfilled, full house, but empty hearts. Full house, and yet empty hearts. And so I have to ask you this morning, what is it that you are chasing right now? And those that didn't come, they're like, yes, I'm so glad I'm not in the house, because it is serious in there. But what are you chasing in your life right now? What is the thing or person that you are chasing right now that you think will bring you satisfaction? Because whatever has your attention has your intentions. Whatever has your attention, whether it be a person, place, or thing, whatever has your attention has your intentions. What I love about this passage, this story, this parable, is that she found that the one 
had more value to her than the other nine coins. The nine perhaps would satisfy her. We can agree on that. The nine perhaps would satisfy her, but without the one, she would never feel fulfilled. Let me say it differently. Without the one, she would never feel complete. And truth is, some of us know what it feels like to have the nine without the one. And sadly, we have settled for that feeling of satisfaction instead of being fulfilled and feeling complete. Satisfaction is temporary, though. Satisfaction, hear me please, satisfaction has an expiration date, and yet it never expires. Satisfaction has an expiration date, and yet it never expires, because once you complete the task, or you obtain it on the list, you turn around and chase whatever is next on the list, and thus the chase begins again. Satisfaction is temporary, it has an expiration date, and yet it never expires. Fulfillment is this sense of belonging, that what you are doing is a natural flow from a posture of because of and not in order to. I'll say that again. Fulfillment is this sense of belonging that what you are doing is a natural flow. You're not having to force your way in or forced to be a certain way from a posture of because of and not in order to. See, Jesus didn't leave the throne of heaven, take on human skin, spend nine months in a womb, go through the traditional livelihood of a Jewish boy and man, be betrayed by a close friend, be tried and convicted as a criminal, hang on a cross for about six hours in complete torture, placed in a borrowed tomb as he laid lifeless, and three days later completely obliterate the law of physics, take the keys of death from Satan himself only to satisfy our wants. Are you kidding? He didn't do all that to satisfy our wants. He came to us to redeem us so that we could belong back to him. And in doing so, we are fulfilled and complete in him. It's why Paul says it this way, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. See, he came, yeah. It's okay, go ahead. <laughs> he came to fill, not satisfied, he came to fill the need you and I have that no thing and no one can fulfill but him. It's the missing link between creation and creator. But what gets in the way of creation and creator? Is it the coins? Is it content? Is it chaos? Is it clutter? Is it contentment? Contentment in the sense that we have the nine, and even though one is missing, we, will, we, we have the nine, and so nine is better than one, therefore I'm good, I'm satisfied, but I'm not fulfilled, I'm not, I'm not complete. But there's a difference between satisfaction and fulfillment. Most of the time, satisfaction is self-oriented, meaning whatever it is that we are chasing is in benefit of us primarily, right? Example, when we walked the stage on graduation day, we did the work because we wanted to accomplish that goal. That's not a bad goal, but it was self-oriented, stepping on the scale after 30 days of healthy living, right? Or maybe a, and a little midnight snack that nobody knows about. What about purchasing the item you've been desiring? That's a self-oriented goal. Paying off debt, that's a, a self-oriented satisfaction. But fulfillment is submission-oriented. 
assuming we are using fulfillment and completeness in the area of purposeful living. So the etymology or the origin of the word fulfillment, especially in the mid-13th century, was used in reference to prophecy. Stay with me. Thus, the idea of fulfillment meant to carry into effect or carry out. Carry out. Carry out. The only way you and I can carry out the will of the Father is to first know the will of the Father. And in order to know the will of the Father, we have to submit to the voice of the Father. (laughs) When we are fulfilled and complete first, when you and I are fulfilled and complete first, everything else we do becomes an extension of the Father. It will be a blessing and not a burden, in other words. See, the difference between satisfaction and fulfillment is like the analogy of the bar of iron, a bar of iron that costs $5. Maybe some of you have heard it. A bar of iron costs about $5, but you take that same bar of iron and you make it into horseshoes, it's now worth $12. You take the same bar of iron and you make it into needles, now it's worth $3,500, same bar of iron. Or you take that same bar of iron and you make it into balance springs for watches. It is worth now $300,000. The same bar of iron. Satisfaction is having the bar of iron in your hand. And fulfillment is having become springs for watches. Its value increases. Full house and yet we have empty hearts. You may have the nine, but you know that there is something missing, don't you? You have the nine, you do, but you know that there's something missing. And ladies, ladies, I get it. I'm going to offend everybody. I warned you. Ladies, I get it. You have the lips, the hips, and the fingernail tips. It's all about the Louis Vuitton and the bling bling on whilst eating and enjoying a fancy crouton. And men, I get it too. It's all about the ATVs, the RVs, not to mention the latest high-definition flat-screen TVs. The driveway is full, the fridge is full, even the pantry is full, and yet our hearts are still empty. When we chase satisfaction, we feel like someone else will complete us. I'm coming for you. When we chase satisfaction, we feel like someone else will complete us. Like the moment I find Mr. Right and Mrs. Right, then I will be complete. Wrong. Someone else may satisfy you, but they won't fulfill you, thus they can't complete you. You need to be complete first before you invite someone else in your life. Two broken pieces does not make one full healthy piece. And the church says amen. And some of you here today are learning that the hard way, aren't you? And to you I say thank you for not giving up. I know it hasn't been easy and there may be more uphills to climb, but I pray that you and your spouse can have a conversation in which you both commit to each other to do the hard work. Be complete and have Jesus at the center of everything you do, okay? I know the famous line of Jerry Maguire sounds great, and it's the perfect master key to unlock eternal happiness when he says, you complete me. 
It sounds sweet and beautiful, and it will satisfy you, but it will not fulfill you. And as churchy as this sounds, there is only one that can complete you. (laughs) Complete does not mean perfect, in case you were wondering or thinking that. Complete is being able to offer the best version of yourself to someone else at this point of your life. Okay, and if you're not at that version yet, you have work to do. So do yourself a favor and the other person a favor and get to work. Get to work. Don't bleed on someone from a cut that someone else gave you. Don't bleed on someone from a cut that somebody else gave you. And some of us go from relationship to relationship because what we fear the most is being alone with ourselves because we know that we have work to do, but we don't want to do the work. So if I can just be in a relationship or a toxic relationship at that, I can shift the responsibility to the other person and how they need to be better and how they need to treat me better and how they they need to love me better when the one thing that has been the common denominator in all the relationships is why, oh you full house but we have empty hearts we have full house and yet we have empty hearts when we chase satisfaction we have successful businesses but suffering marriages we have successful businesses but suffering marriages we acquire the titles and positions in the workplace but we underachieve as father and husband mother and wife at home Parents, hear me please. Your children do not know you as CEO or business owner or manager or lead, fill in the blank, or supervisor. They know you as mom and dad. So may we never, never, never put the titles and positions we have outside the home higher than the ones we have inside the house. I cannot tell you how many times we've had conversations with people where they have their certain title and it's the way their, their CEO, their, they have the business cap on even when they're at home. It's like, oh, no, no, you're, you're not the manager at the house. You're your dad, your husband. I don't need you to be a business lead or a business manager at home. I need you to be mom and dad. And so may we never put the titles outside of our home higher than the ones inside of our home. And some of us, our priority is to be able to step into important boardrooms with people when our first and foremost priority should be to make sure we make time to step into the throne room. And when we, when we can learn to do that, I promise you, he will open doors to the right boardrooms where you are needed that you don't even have to knock on. It's time to sweep the house. It's time to sweep the house. So... What is success to you? What is success to you? Is it accomplished goals? Is that success to you? Is it, what about owning a home? Is that success to you? What about having a healthy bank account? Is that success to you? What about having integrity in your life? Is that success to you? What about owning your dream car? I might want to hold on to that one because, you know, owning a dream car. What about healthy marriage? Is that success to you? What about titles to your name? 
What about titles to your name? What about being an honest person? That's a good one. That's not bad. None of these are bad. But is this what we consider success, being an honest person? What about having a significant other? What about having epic experiences? That just sounds so rad. What about academic achievements? Maybe you're the first person in your family to, to go into higher learning. Maybe academic achievement. It's not a bad thing. Is that what we consider success? What about having a full calendar? Some of us, we need to know what we're doing tomorrow morning at 801 or we're going to go cray-cray. What about having a, a full calendar? Is that, is that what we consider success? Is it, what, what about having social platform status? Is that important to us? What about fame? Anybody still interested in being famous? Comes at a cost, but it's not bad. Do we consider fame a success? What about being independent? Is that, do we consider that success? It's not a bad thing. What about being self-disciplined? That's a good one. Do, do we consider this success? What about uh, being in position of, of power and authority? I mean, sometimes some of us, that's, that's our priority. That's, if I can just get that position, I'm good, I'm good. I'll feel important in this world. What about having pers- professional recognition? Is that success to you? That's not a bad thing. What about traveling? How many of you like to travel? Now y'all are scared to... <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Some of us like to travel. Those that can like to travel, they travel. And that's a good thing. There's nothing no wrong with that. Is that what you consider success, though? Is it overcoming adversity? Is that, is that some form of success to you? What about leaving a legacy? Is that what you would consider success? What about fitness? And I'm the wrong guy to be talking about that. But what about for some of you, <laughs> someone in your row, not you, but someone you know, Fitness, maybe fitness is uh, something important for them. What about popularity in your circle? You, the, the party does not start until so-and-so arrives. You, is that you or is it someone you know? Is that what we consider success? What about career advancement? This is a good one. A career advancement. Is this what we consider success? What about general happiness? Who doesn't want to be happy? There's a lot of things to be mad about and sad about. You turn on the TV and you're just sad. General happiness, that's a good one. What about personal growth? Personal growth, is that what you, we, what you would consider success? You fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. What is success to you? I just made a mess up here. I'll clean it up. We find ourselves feeling satisfied with our versions of success. We got the nine. We got the nine. Our houses are full, but my heart is still empty. That's how some of you feel. I got the nine, but I'm missing the one. I got the 99, but I'm missing the one. And the Bible says that she lights the lamp and she starts sweeping the house and searches carefully until she finds it. I think some of us, some of us have some sweeping to do. We got the nine, I got the position I wanted, but it doesn't fulfill me because now I want this other position. I thought having someone else in my life would, would, would satisfy me and I feel good, but why is it that when the person leaves, I feel better? I feel a relief when the person is not in the home. 
I thought maybe I feel good when I come to church, but you know, as soon as the service is over, I uh, I just feel empty again. Like the moment they turn off the lights, I my spirit turns off as well. Like I, I, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I just I feel satisfied for a moment. It's like just it's a it's a temporary thing quench that I'm experiencing. And it says that she swept the house until she found until she found the one. All these here aren't bad per se. The nine coins aren't bad. But they don't make sense until you're standing on the one. The nine will satisfy you, but it's not until you find the one that you feel fulfilled. And everything else you do becomes a blessing, not a burden. That you don't have to choose between success and a suffering marriage. You can have both. You can have both. Some of us have some sweeping to do. None of these are bad in nature. But when they are chased for satisfaction instead of fulfillment, you are now placed in a position to choose between one or the other. But when we are complete first, those other things become complementary to us, for us, rather than a competition. You can have a significant other and still be faithful in all of your responsibilities. You can have a successful business and still have a healthy marriage. You can have the titles and positions and still be present Be a present father and mother to your children. You can have the fame and still have time for church. You can have a full house and a full heart when he is the one that you stand on at all times. (laughs) But some of us have some sweeping to do because we're tired of feeling satisfied because it's temporary. It has an expiration date and yet it never ends because the chase is ongoing and some of us are so tired and depleted and drained because of the chase. Because of the chase and God wants to fill us. Fill us. Fill you. Fill your home. Fill your marriage. Fill your kids. He's not here to satisfy us. He's here to make us complete. Make us complete. And for some, it's going to take every last bit of strength and faith to push through the pride, the guilt, the shame, the hurting, your brokenness, to push through the lies and whispers of the enemy, to push through voices of condemnation and judgment today. When you have that conversation with Jesus saying, I'm done with satisfaction, I want to step into fulfillment. I'm done with satisfaction and I want to step into fulfillment. And what I really want to say today is that may we be released from the chase of satisfaction, and may we step into fulfillment with Christ and Christ alone. That is what I really want to tell you. So sweep the house. Some of us have some sweeping to do today. And in closing...
I want you to know that the things that God has for you will exceed all your expectations. That sometimes those closed doors are a blessing. And it opens up another opportunity you didn't even think you could walk through or would ever be qualified to step into. His ways are not our ways. And I want to share something to Pastor John and, and, and our pastoral family. And, and I need you guys to, to step in, dig in, pray in your hearts. But this, I thought I was done with my message when I was studying. And then I, I was done. God wasn't done. I'll say it that way. And then he, he gave me this thought. And I had to write it down because I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to miss it. And, I said, and I, my prayer was, God, if you need me, if you want me to share it, I'll share it. But you better, you be, you better put me, you know, give me the, the, put me in the right spirit to do so. And so I'm going to do that today. So to our pastoral family, a lot has happened here in this house for the last five years or so, okay? Changes have taken place. Leadership changes have taken place. People have left because of those changes. People have stayed despite those changes. Some have adjusted and others still need some more time to adjust and that's okay. But myself having been in other places where there has been a transition of leadership and seeing the ripple effects it creates, I stand here on behalf of Impact City Church to tell you, pastoral family, the following. Sometimes we do things unknowingly and we don't take into account the added pressure and expectations that we can easily place on a spiritual leader because we think, well, that's what they're there for. That's their job, that's their responsibility. God called them to that. And sometimes we, the church, we place unrealistic expectations on human beings that have a higher calling in their lives. It's not our fault that God chose you. <laughs> and, and we, in our minds, and sometimes words, we compare leadership strategies and leadership styles from those that came before you in this house. Yes, we can say that, well, that's natural for us to do but we know that it's not a healthy thing to do. We do it unconsciously, but it's not a healthy thing to do. And so today to our pastoral family on behalf of Impact City Church, I hope you hear me. We release you from our own selfish expectations. We release you from holding you hostage in a state of comparison to those that came before you. We release you from the blame of pain that you did not create, but was a residue of those that walked through here. We release you from the chase, and we pray that God would fill you till you overflow, so that in turn, you can fill us up with what the Lord gives you for us in this season, at this hour, in this community, with this tribe.
So may that burden over you be released now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name. We pray for fresh vision, fresh anointing. Come on, church, fresh strategies. And as Jonathan's armor bearer told Jonathan the night before he went into battle against a superior enemy, we say, I'm with you, heart and soul. That whatever God wants to do with you and through you, we stand with you. And we release you from the chase And may you step into fulfillment and church. May you be released from the chase of satisfaction. And may we as a church step into a season of fulfillment. Some of us have endured so many things in our lives. I cannot give up. I'm not going to settle for a satisfaction. I'm all in, God. Drown me in your mercy. Drown me in your grace. Drown me in your purpose. I don't want to drink anymore. A sip doesn't satisfy me anymore. Sunday morning doesn't satisfy me anymore. I want to wake up Monday morning and still feel your presence. I want to wake up Tuesday morning and I still want to feel your presence. I want to wake up Wednesday morning and I still want to feel like you love me. And when Friday comes and all the invitations to all these events happen, and I'm invited to those places that you know aren't healthy for you, God, give us the courage to say no. I'm not, I'm not trying to be satisfied. I'm stepping into a season of fulfillment. But some of us, some of us, how hard this is no 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 seriously spiritually some of us have been attached to these things for so long like we find our our identity in these things God I want to find you I want to find the one that fills all of me not just my mind, my heart, my soul. We got some sweeping to do. May you be released from the chase of satisfaction. And may you step into a season of fulfillment. And I feel like there's one person, I'm not going to push this, but I feel like there's at least one person here that when you saw me pushing the nine away, that hit home for, for somebody here. Like that's, that's how I feel. That's what I feel I need to do. And if that's you, would you come up here and sweep, and sweep your house and find the one that your heart has been longing for. Find the thing that you've been running away from. Find the thing that God has been calling you to do, 
but you felt so satisfied with the nine. Is there somebody that has the courage and the brave to say, God, this morning I'm sweeping the house and I'm removing the nine because I want to find the one and I want to step into a season of fulfillment and be able to rejoice. I will not hold this any longer. Is there one person, your breakthrough can be a, your breakthrough can be a sweep away. Everyone, come up here. Sweet the house. Sweet the house. Sweet the house. We got to sweep the house. I'm done with the chase. I'm done with the chase. May you step into a season of fulfillment in your life. Is there one more person? You gotta sweep. You're not gonna leave this place unless you sweep the house. Just cleaning the house. Every head bow. The broom is still up here if you need to. Every head bow. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this moment, God, that many of us are making the courageous decision, Lord, to really be released from the chase of satisfaction and we step into a season of fulfillment, God, that you are the only one, the only thing that can fulfill, that fill our life, that can fill our lives, that can make us complete and whole again, Lord. Not a person, not a thing, not a title, not the, not the ATVs and the RVs, God, not that nothing, not none of the materialistic things that we can achieve in this lifetime, Lord, will make us complete like you can. And I pray that we would step into a season of fulfillment and so that everything else will be a blessing. Everything else becomes an extension of the Father and will be a blessing and not a burden that we can have successful businesses and successful, successful marriages. We can have, uh, uh, Lord, we can have the titles and we can still be a great father and mother at home. I thank you for the spirit in this house. I thank you for your presence, your sweet, sweet presence in this house. And we say this one last time to everyone that hears my voice. May you be released from the chase of satisfaction. And may you step into a season of fulfillment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand praise? Beautiful.